Welcome to the Walk With Me podcast. I'm Pastor Stephen Bond from the Vine Church in Chapel Hill, Tennessee, and I'm excited that you are walking with me. What we do each day is we look at about three chapters of Scripture that I'm just organically reading through in my time with the Lord, and we're going to discuss them for around 20 minutes. You're going to get the most out of this if you read these chapters individually, but hopefully together we'll be able to hear the voice of the Lord as we're meeting each day. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. I'm... Today's passage comes from Psalm 141, 142, and 143. Each are penned by David. O oh Lord, I call upon you. Hasten to me. Give ear to my voice when I call to you. Let my prayer be counted as incense before you, and the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. So David starts off here by saying, Let my prayers be pleasing to you, like a pleasing aroma in your your nostrils, um, like the incense that they would have have lit in the temple. And just as in the sacrifice, there would have, there would have been a sacrifice given as well. Let my lifting up of hands be a sacrifice. Basically saying, let me give so much of myself to you that it please you as great as um, the way that you have requested to be pleased. Let my life be pleasing to you. Let my prayer be pleasing to you. Let 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 my lifting up of my hands uh, be of a sacrifice to you, a living sacrifice that I'm offering up to you my life, which is the posture in which we should go into our time with the Lord, um, respectfully of the time that we have with him and in the surrendering of it and it being a holy moment. It was a holy moment when the incense was burned in the temple. It was a holy moment when the sacrifice was offered. It's a holy moment when we enter into prayer. It's a holy moment when I get before the Lord and I lift my hands up saying, here I am. I brought the best that I have today, Lord. I brought the fattened calf. I've brought everything that I own, it's, and it's right here. I'm lifting my hands to you. You can have it all, Lord. You can have it all. Then he says, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Somebody needs that today, don't they? <laughs> set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. That's a powerful That's a powerful prayer there because, you know, we're, we are all guilty of speaking when we shouldn't speak and saying things that we shouldn't say. And uh, hurting people and speaking uh, rashly and and uh, you know speaking out of turn and and saying things that are not uh, the words of the Lord and stating our over overstating our opinions. We are all guilty of these things. And the Bible says if we could just simply control our tongues, then we'd be we'd probably be perfect in every other way. And that's so true that the tongue is is a uh, Normally, the uh, the creator of of so much sin, it can set a whole forest on fire. James says, uh, and so David knew that, and he said, "God, whew, guard my mouth." In fact, 
keep watch over the door of my lips. I, I want your spirit to not only um, inspire me to speak, but to stop me from saying things that you're not in. And that's powerful too. That, that, that's, that's kind of a deep spiritual maturity when you desire God's no as much as you desire his yes. You desire God's go as much as you, requ- you desire his stop. You, you, the green light and the red light are the same to you when you're at a, at a deeper level of maturity. A lot of people I see get real excited to do certain things, and that takes great faith too. But it, it, it also takes faith to be uh, to want to say something and know that you shouldn't, or want to do something and know that you can't. And so I think it takes a, a, a more fine-tuned ear to the Lord to hear His no uh, than to hear His yes. And I don't mean uh, fearfully, because to a lot of people, they're so filled with fear that it's a big deal to be obedient to the Lord when He says go, because all your fears make it so hard to hear go. But sometimes for other people, your um, natural passion and ambition make it hard for you to hear the the Lord's no. And so for those sort of people, it, you're always doing things. And some of the things that you do, you experience great success in. And But but it feels like the majority or, or uh, uh, equal amount of the things that you venture out in, it seemed like they just kind of flop. And so that... That that's that means you need to be a person that more fine tunes your ear to hear the Lord's no. I don't want this for you, right? And uh, and so we need to be people that hear the Lord's yes and His no, not just in the big decisions of life, but also in my speech and when I'm talking, and if this is something that I should say or I should not say. I want to cover something real quick. I don't really have time, but that never stopped me before. I was talking with my son last night. We were talking about something similar. It was about watching the the words that come out of our mouth. And he struggles with saying things that, that you know, he shouldn't say, as we all do. And that saying things that perhaps uh, hurt people's feelings and different things. And, and uh, I told him, I said, you know, I said, at the point of life that I'm at right now, it's very rare that anyone ever comes up to me and says anything to me that actually is ugly. You know, I, I, maybe I'm just blessed and I have a good circle of people around me. But very, very seldom does anyone actually come up to me and say something that's that's actually ugly or saying something that they you think, man, they really shouldn't have said that. That was Now, it does happen, but it's rare. I said, but what does happen to me is that people will say something to me that is not about me, but it's about someone else. And they shouldn't have said it because they shouldn't have been talking about them. And then the feeling lingers with me because they gossiped around me. Or, and this is what I was really talking about with him, was that a lot of times people will say things to me jokingly, sarcastically. And what they have said maybe doesn't initially burn, but later on it lingers and hurts a little bit. I only want to bring that point to say, when you're asking the Lord to watch your mouth, what, what, you're, what you're asking for Him to, you, to do is, Lord, I'm going to let you tell me when to speak and when I shouldn't speak. And that doesn't just mean that you, you'll stop saying ugly things to people. Because many of, of us probably don't think that we typically say a lot of ugly things to people. But it also means that 
you have to think about everything and, and if you and, and if it's really necessary that it be said. Is it really profitable? Is it really encouraging? And that even means sometimes that you're willing to surrender at your desire to always be the funny one and to always tell jokes that are belittling, belittling about other people and making comments uh, uh you know just because it's at the right moment and you feel like you could say it and it could be and it could be funny. And you know the Lord has a sense of humor too, but we just need to make sure that we're not people that are overly concerned with being funny and under concerned with being encouraging okay and so i just wanted to cover that because i don't i I just feel like your circle could potentially be like mine and and you may feel like you don't often say things that are ugly to other people but there's still a need for the lord to watch over your mouth because it's not just words uh it's not just words of 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 anger uh, or frustration that come from our lips. It's also words of gossip. It's also uh, words of jealousy. It's also words of sarcastic humor that's belittling to other people. You know, there's also words of fear. And when you just barely, just barely think you see a giant in the horizon, that you just got to speak that out to everyone you know. And, you know, God's going to deal with that giant, but you've got the whole town afraid of it because you had to go and spread that to everyone. So when it says, Lord, watch my mouth, it means in every way, in every form, Lord, keep watch over the door of my lips that I don't speak anything that's not true and profitable and encouraging. I want to, I want to, I want to be your mouthpiece. I want to speak the way that you speak okay and so and uh so uh, continuing on before i get too lost again but do not let my heart in, incline to any evil to busy myself with wicked deeds lord watch my time don't let me become busy doing useless things uh, or let me be in company with men who work iniquity and let me not eat of their delicacies. Lord, I don't want to be surrounded by people that are evildoers and I don't want to occupy myself doing things that are worthless. Let a righteous man strike me. It is a kindness. Let him rebuke me. It is oil for my head. Let my head not refuse it. Lord, I'm humble is what he's saying. And if anyone around me that's righteous sees something in me and rebukes me, I receive it in advance. That's humility. That's power there. That's when you just have a, a heart's desire to be righteous. You know, you don't have a heart's desire to be to be celebrated or to be praised. You have a heart's desire to be righteous to where you're saying, even if someone were to come up to me, if I know they're a righteous person and they tell me that I'm doing something wrong, Lord, don't let me refuse it. Let me receive it. When uh, Then it says, uh, yet my prayer is continually against their evil deeds, the people that were doing the evil deeds. When their judges are thrown over the cliff, then they shall hear my words. And so it says, but my eyes are toward you, O God, and in you I seek refuge. Leave me not defenseless. Psalm 142. When my voice cries out to the Lord with my voice, I plead for mercy. I pour out my complaint before him. I tell my trouble before him. When my spirit faints within me, you know my way. In the path where I walk, they have hidden a trap for me. I cry to you, O Lord. You are my refuge, my portion in the land I'm living in. Uh, or my portion in the land of the living. Attend to my cry. Bring me out of prison that I may give thanks to your name. The righteous the righteous will surround me, for you will deal bountifully with me. And so he's saying, I'm crying out. And it even gives us a little bit of context there that it says that he was uh, wrote this when he was in the cave. And so he was hiding. He was in a deep, what do you think about a cave? It's a time of great darkness and in a place of where you're isolated and in a place where you're hidden. 
And yet in that place, which we believe would be in the place where he was not yet king, and in a place where he was waiting for the fulfillment of God's promise to come true, that in that place he said, Lord, bring me out of this place and I will give thanks to your name. The right, and he says, and the righteous will surround me, for you will deal bountifully with me. So he's clinging to the promises of old to get him through the present situation, and we must do that. Even in the darkness, even in the isolation, even in the seasons that are difficult for us to process and understand, we must still go, Lord, I know you're going to get me through this, I believe. And when you do, I'm going to give so much thanks to your name. I'm going to tell the future generations of the glory of what you're doing in the situation that I'm in right now, because you are my refuge. And when my spirit faints within me, you see it, you see everything about me, and you've not forsaken me. Psalm 143 says, Hear my prayer, O Lord. Give ear to my pleas for mercy. In your faithfulness, answer me. In your righteousness, enter not into judgment with your servant. For no one living is righteous before you. Saying, uh, you know, Lord, you are holier than anyone else. All of, all of our best of things and our top 10 uh, greatest moments of our lives are, are like dirty rags compared to your righteousness and your holiness. We could never stand before you uh, and truly uh, with clear conscience. But I'm asking, David says, I'm asking, don't enter into judgment with your servant for there, there's no one living who's righteous before you. Could you forgive me? Could you look upon me? He's looking ahead prophetically to Jesus. Could you look upon me through some sort of a rose-colored glass? Could you could you look upon me and forgive my iniquities? Could you look at me and not judge me, though I'm worthy of and deserving of judgment? For the enemy has pursued my soul. He has crushed my life to the ground. Um, my spirit faints within me. My heart within me has a power. I remember the days of old. It says the secret weapon that David uh, was passionate about. And we've talked about it several times as we're going through these Psalms is, is that in the moments when you're diff- you're having difficulty seeing ahead, you need to look behind. Okay, when you can't see past where you're at right now, this looks like a dead end. You need to look back. Okay, you need to remember. Okay, it's it's like um, Israel. Every turn, they felt a, they faced a new difficulty. You know, they they weren't you know out of Egypt for it felt like six minutes before they reached a literal dead end with the with the uh, sea. But in that moment, did they not? Could they not have just simply looked back? Though they could not see ahead, could they not simply look back and go, you know, you just caused all these plagues to happen. You just, uh, you know, we we put the blood of the lamb over our door. Post and death passed us over, and and, and it, you know you just you know worked in all these amazing ways and everything. And so because of everything that I know that you have done and everything that I've seen, I know that you're not finished with me yet. And so there's a power in the mo- in the moment when you feel that you're not you, you're not able to uh, continue past where you're at. You need to look back at where you've been, and look at what God's already done because He ain't finished yet. Okay, His character has not changed. If He's led you this far, He's faithful to finish the work that He has started. Okay, and so He says. I remember the days of old. I meditate. I think about what you've done. I ponder on the work of your hands. I stretch out my hands to you. My soul thirsts for you like in a parched land. Then he goes on and says, Make me know the way I should go, for to you I lift up my soul. And this is a, this is a good uh, point to talk about. Uh, David was a seeker of the Lord's counsel. We need to be people that seek the Lord's counsel. Okay, so he would get along with the Lord. He said he'd lift up his hands and he'd say, Where am I going and what am I doing? And how am I getting there? 
We need to be people that, that don't think we are so wise that we know what to do all the time. We have God's Spirit within us that leads us, and as we have fellowship with Him, and as I let Him transform my mind, it says I can know the acceptable, perfect will of God. So within me is the ability to know God's will. But I live in a very loud world, that, and I'm constantly surrounded by noise, and the enemy is shouting and screaming, carrying on, and then I have a flesh that also has a, a will of itself, so I have my desires. So between the Holy Spirit that knows God's will, the the uh the fleshliness the the man the, the 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 person of myself it has my will and my best interest my instant gratification in mind and then i have an enemy that wants the opposite of god's will so i have all these things going on all around me and then we could even go a step further to say i'm surrounded by other people that are, are dealing with all these same things too and so it's very complicated all this happening at one time and so in the midst of all of that the only good the only good formula the only real um, consistent way for me to make proper decisions and have good counsel in my life is to get alone in the secret place with the Lord, lift up my hands and say, Lord, I'm surrendering um, to you my desire for instant gratification and what would be the easiest and most convenient for me. I'm going to start by surrendering that. I don't necessarily, I don't want that. I'm not after money. I'm not after, you got to surrender that because otherwise you'll just chase after what you want. I'm not after money. I'm not after fame. I'm not after ease. I'm not after convenience. I want to surrender all that to you right now. My hands are up in the air. Okay, now, I'm also going to surrender my fear, and I'm going to surrender everything that the enemy's been pumping into me. I'm going to surrender my anxiety. I'm going to surrender my worry. I'm going to surrender all this. I'm going to surrender all the comments that other people have told me. Okay, now with a clear head, I'm here before you saying, Lord, what should I do? What do you want me to do? And in those moments, and I've had about six million of them in my life, it's the only thing that's led me to the places that I'm at, you will feel a peace come upon you and you'll feel all burning in your heart and you'll have you'll you, it'll be recalled forth to your mind and you'll have a sensation and a confidence as to know what you are to do uh, a lot of times really very very instantaneously uh, maybe you don't perceive it at that moment but i believe he'll release it at that moment and sometimes it may take a few more days and maybe even weeks of going and praying and um to to uh, uh to know what he's saying uh, i've there's been so many things in my life I've prayed upon deeply, you know, for several weeks. But, but but it's always funny because if I pray about something for three weeks, the the arrival of where I'm at and the conclusion of what I come up with on the last day of the third week, it's always what I knew deep in my spirit on the very first day, uh, in the first minute of asking God because He releases it almost immediately. The, sometimes the prayer time and the time that, surpa- that, that surpasses is just for me to get enough confidence in what I think I heard Him say, and it goes from me thinking I heard him say it to me having confidence to knowing that he said it. And, he, and that's okay. It's okay to have that time with the Lord. And so, but we need to be people that deeply seek his counsel. Where should I go? What should I say? How should I get to this? And I'll also say this, and this is very, very, very true. I'm a pastor. I make a, a decent amount of decisions at the church and my family. I'm also, a, uh, I have a, a, a seminary. Uh, that I'm the campus director at. I'm a professor at a seminary, and so I'm, I'm just I'm involved involved in a lot of uh, opportunities where I'm a, a leader. And I'll tell you this: just and I've been following the Lord a long time. And I'm just I'm giving you, I'm building you a very small resume, just just to let you know that there is still a very good amount of time where the very first thing that I think I should do is wrong. Okay, I just, want, I just want to put that out to you. There is still a lot of times. I was just in a situation um, about a week ago. Someone brought me an issue. They were talking to me about it. I was listening to it. It got me a little fired up. 
It got it got me uh, um, uh, feeling like I needed to do something. And I kind of had a good idea of what I was going to do. I had it pretty much narrowed down to two things. I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. Well, I went outside. It was late. It wasn't convenient. It was uh, 10 o'clock at night. But I couldn't rest on this because I felt like I needed to act. I needed to move. I went outside to where I have my prayer time. I was with the Lord for about six minutes, and those six minutes, He released to me an exact uh, passage of Scripture uh, that pertained to this situation. He just brought it forth to my mind, and He totally released me of the anxiety and the fear that I was dealing with, and totally changed the course of action that I was going to take, and I knew uh, in a moment's time that everything that I was about to do was not was he, what He had willed for me, and that I didn't really need to do anything. A lot of times that's the case too with the Lord's counsel, as He gives us a pat on the back and He says, hey, listen, this is a little too big for you, kid. I, I'm going to take care of this. You just focus on what I've already called you to. You just focus on loving me and loving the loving the people that I've surrounded in your life and doing the things that I've already told you to do. Don't put more on your plate than I've asked you to. I've got this covered. And so, I just wanted to cover that to say, none of us are immune from the Lord's counsel. I'm I'm, I'm depended upon the Lord's counsel. And there's a lot of times in my life that the Spirit releases it in me and I know what to do immediately. But there's also, uh, when it comes to big decisions, you see even Jesus would spend, he spent all night in prayer before he selected the apostles. So we're never going to get to a place where it's not a blessing and a benefit for us to go before the Lord and seeking of his counsel. We need it because Jesus was 100% God. He was 100% man. He had flesh. And so he, he when, it was, when it came down to big decisions, he said, hey, I don't want to pick the 12 uh, most qualified. I don't want to pick the 12 uh, best looking dudes out here. I don't want to pick the most charismatic dudes out here. I, I, I want to figure out who are the ones that you really want me to pick. And you know what? He came out of prayer and he picked a ragtag bunch of misfits that probably never even hung out together before. And he chose those people because he knew the will of the Father because he had received counsel from the Lord. We must receive counsel from the Lord. And the decisions that we'll make out of counsel with the Lord, that we'll have peace in. You will have peace. If the Lord spoke it, you'll have peace about it. You won't have confusion about it. You'll have clarity about it. But it may not always make sense to everyone else, but it'll make sense to you. That's how you'll know it's from the Lord because you have peace in it. Okay? And it may not always be what benefits you, but you're going to have peace in it nonetheless. And so David understood this and he said, Lord, uh, make me know the way that I should go. Uh, for I, for to you, I lift up my soul. And then he says, teach me to do your will for you are my God. Let your good spirit lead me on level ground. And so David just had this heart's desire within him to be led by God and to, to seek the Lord's counsel. And you know, the, this is actually the biggest deciding factor. If you think about uh, the the wicked king of Saul and the righteous king of David, what was the difference in the two is that God said, I want a man. I love this. This is so good. God said, I want a man who will do everything I tell him to. Mm. Saul, you're not that man. Saul wouldn't, he, Saul wouldn't do everything God told him to. Saul, Saul was too busy wanting to do what he wanted to do. He said, I got to find a new man to work through. And listen, everyone out there today, I really still believe God is looking around this world and he's saying, you know what I need? You know what I can really use? Somebody that'll do everything that I tell them to. And if you are that person, then God has big assignments and big plans for you. But the only way that that, that you can become that person is you become a person that becomes desperately, desperately dependent upon his counsel. And you become a person that goes into it, the secret place and you meet with the Lord and you say, what do, what now? Where am I going? What should I do? 
How should I get there? What should I say? Put a guard on my lips, Lord. I don't even want to speak without your permission. We need to become those people. Saying, Lord, guide my ways, guide my speech, and lead me in your truth.